Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Allison. With me, as always, is my very, very talented friend. She is my own very little monarch butterfly, the mistress <laughs> DC Gina. <laughs> I mean, I'll flap my wings for you. There you go. You do. It's lovely. There we go. So, Gina, did you know that the annual, annual monarch butterfly migration actually spans more than 4,000 miles and actually sometimes, occasionally, apparently, um, goes across the Pacific Ocean? No. Little, beautiful little butterflies. Um, and then across land, the caribou typically travel more than 3,000 miles every year, um, and that's the longest distance for land animals. But wait, there's more. There's more. Um, and under the water, the humpback whale travels more than 16,000 miles every year. Um, and they, they make their trek from their polar feeding grounds in the summer to the tropical waters, many in Hawaii, um, for a little bit of sexy time and baby making. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Those warm waters get them all excited, I guess. I mean, maybe I they're in Don Howe, I don't know. <laughs> bubbles. Um, so, speaking of nomadic creatures, with a lot of miles under his belt, I get to today's designated drinker. Love it. <laughs> I really love it. I don't get to see these before. Just so you know. The national brand ambassador of Hendrix Gin, Sebastian, I just had it. Please say it. Uh, Sebastian Dabomet. See why? So, all the listeners know why I, I was going to think. Even you, I had it right in the beginning, but five minutes later, it's gone. I think it's me. It's okay. Maybe I'm the kryptonite to your, to your speech. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I think I want to call Sebastian my little monarch butterfly every day for now. On. I'm, I'm really flattered. This is a, an amazing introduction. To say. It's a lot of miles for love and uh, yeah. everything else. This is good. So it, it really was about the fact that you built... That intro is inspired by the fact that you have built this amazing career that... You have combined your love for hospitality, for spirits, and travel. Yes, I got really, really lucky. Uh, if you would have asked me years ago, you know, when everyone always asks you the question, what do you want to do later on, you know, what. What do you want to be I when would, you get big? That's it. <laughs> I would have no idea that this kind of job uh, actually existed. Yeah. It's crazy. So, how did it all start for you? Um, it's, um, it's a totally random story, you know. I've been in hospitality for almost, yeah, more than 15 years now, but I never had uh, the passion for it, a part of hanging out in bars and, and having fun. Yeah. And fun, <laughs> which uh, was a good start, you know. That's what I think that's where you need to start. Um, and then, yeah, going to, I grew up in south of France and, and moving. See, now I thought you were going to tell me you grew up in Texas with that. Nah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> No, it was a small village in South of France, you know. Um, and yeah, go, going to the UK one day just to, to learn English. Uh, once I, you know, I passed my degree and everything, um, I had to find little jobs. And you know, when you go to the UK and you don't know how to, I mean, you go to London, you don't know how to speak English. Uh, what you do when you work in cafes and restaurants and you polish glasses and and uh, and you know carry trays and stuff for like that. Earn your keep. Yeah, and I uh, and somehow fall in love with uh, with the bar industry. Yeah, with cocktails and everything, nice. uh, which I only seen in the movies. <laughs> yeah, for you, you know, in America, it's a, it's a normal thing. So you grew up with it, but for someone who grew up in South of France, like you see that through movie cocktail. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And it's not, it's not a cliche at all, it's true. Like, if you ask uh, people from South of France where they know cocktails, they remember the movie with Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah Throw a bottle. That's okay, I'm okay with this. That's about it, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I did a seminar about this last year, actually. Really? About? Yeah, yeah. About we, we celebrate because um, 
It was the 20th anniversary of the movie Cocktail. Oh, really? Last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did a little seminar around this and, and see what's up since the movie to, until, until now, you know? Did the industry change, you know, like all those things? Oh, my God. Did it yeah. ever change, right? Uh, it did, a fair bit. But yeah. uh, in, a sem- in a way, not the people. too much either. No, the no. people just evolved with the cocktail. Yeah. I mean, I think you just evolved yourself. Yeah. Um, Flair's back, so that's true. And it's true. So, 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 it's, so is it back? Yeah, it's kind of like going full know. circle a little bit. Yeah, a little bit in, in some in some places. I think you know he never he kind of fall off the the radar for a bit, and I think now people appreciate it again. Yeah. I don't well, know if I'm being watching a show for ten minutes, you know. But yeah, I was uh, I was saying the other day. I said like each bartender has their shake is like their unique little dance. Yeah. Some get a lot of hip in it, uh-huh. shoulder in it. Working flair. That's what <laughs> they like to call it now. Which is instead to you know take ten minutes to make a drink, yeah. people are just doing little tricks while while they're making drinks. Yeah. Huh. Part of the hospitality. Yes, right? it is. Entertainment. Yeah. It's one skill, so you have, if you have it, I'll be a terrible flaring bartender. <laughs> I, I tried many times when I was working in nightclubs in, uh, in London, and I broke many bottles. <laughs> you wore a lot of product? Uh, they were empty, but still, it's a mess to clean up. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. Fall off your shelf and yeah. uh, knock an extra two out of the way. So, you, you're in London, and you fell yep. in love bartending there. How did, where, what happened then? You went, did you go there just for that though? Uh, no, yeah, just for that. And uh, I just had the chance, one of my flatmates at the time was working for uh, a restaurant called Nobu, mm-hmm. that you <laughs> guess you all know yeah, here. Yeah, of course. You know? And the same Nobu was, you know, uh, back then just maybe three to four venues around the world. I think mm-hmm. they had Nobu New York, Nobu Next Door. Nobu London and they, ma- they had one in Tokyo at the time something like that and uh, it was just a place to be for all the stars of you know when yeah. you go to London all the stars used to go to Nobu uh, Park Lane in London and uh, my friend used to go, used to go home and, and tell me about who we've seen and while me, I was working in a little coffee shop making <laughs> cappuccino for, uh, you know, uh, older ladies. So I was getting a bit frustrated and jealous, you know. And then one day I was like, man, I want to work where you work, you know. It's like, I want to see that. And uh, I got a job there as a, as a commie waiter, you know, carrying glasses and polishing stuff. And, uh, and that's it. I mean, I saw the bar, fall in love with cocktails, and I begged the ambassador, the, sorry, the bar manager at the time to give me a chance to be on the bar one day and again and again and again until he he finally accepted one day I think he, I got lucky two of his guys left in the space of you know like three weeks I think at the time and he was like okay I need someone to help me to set up in the morning so come on I'll show you what to do and and that was it never wow. back yeah and That's I, awesome. how long were you there I was there for like a year and a half I believe yeah of that yeah it's just it was incredible I served you know, I, I was a really average slash, you know, like starting big beginner bartender, and I, I said people like Angelina Jolie, you know, uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, wow! Actually, physically make drinks for them. You know, like it was it was incredible. That's yeah. cool. Good that experience. is cool. That's yeah. a, that's gotta be intimidating when you're like early in your career and then you have like the you're starstruck at the same time. <laughs> I, I, I saw about Bruce Willis uh, drinks I made for him actually, which uh, I made really uh, actually. You know, he made half of it. I gotta <laughs> say, uh, I was behind the bar. It was at the beginning. It was the end of the night. He's been here all night, and uh, my the, the head bartender at the time was like Seb. I I just gonna you know put that bean away the trash the trash can. Uh, I'll be back. It's the end of the night. Just you know pack everything it's cool uh, and I go for a quick cigarette and I was like yes I, I got that thank you one of my first night shift and uh, and as soon as he left 
he just passed the, the corridor and I saw Bruce Willis coming out of the corridor and literally turning towards me and I was like I almost feel like calling him like come back you know like don't leave me and I saw him coming and my English was still really average at the time so Bruce Willis walked to the bar and I'm starting to have the sweat and freak out and I'm like oh my god if he's asked for a classic or something I don't know it's going to be so embarrassing and he came in he was like hey man I, and you know he had a he had a you know, a long night and it was a big dinner and he was like, oh, I can have a, a Grey Goose, a Grey Goose and Sprite, please. And, and I was like, Grey Goose, vodka, I got this, and you want a spray of something? So it's easy, you know? <laughs> I put on my, my, you know, my old fashioned glass filled up with ice, put Grey Goose, and I was like, this is cool, I'm selling Goose with this, it's awesome. Put it on the bench and I was like, and, and a spray of what, sir? And he was like, Sprite. And I was like, and I understood a spray and I was like man what spray of what and I was like I show him different ingredients and he looked at me like I was crazy and you know in, in England when you talk about uh, Sprite mm -hmm. the brand you actually call it lemonade oh. so you know a Sprite is a, yeah. it's a, it's a lemonade in England and yeah. for me for my English I only do <laughs> Yeah. Sprite as lemonade. <laughs> what he wanted actually was not a spray of something, he wanted Sprite, yeah. which is America now, I realize that's what people call lemonade, what you yeah. call lemonade. So it's ah. like, and I was like, oh my God, after a while, he looked at me like he was desperate. He literally reached out of the bar, grabbed a can of lemonade on Sprite. It was not that brain even, but he just poured himself in the glass and he was like, thank you, and just turned around. And I was like, oh my God. You know, I was, God, he was so embarrassing. I never, I never told my head nothing the last time. He came back, he was like, how was it? I was like, yeah, great, let's go. Like, uh, <laughs> so good, I got you. Oh, you know, language is tough. Yes. <laughs> I, I struggle with just the English language, it's the only one I've got. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> lemonade and Sprite, you know, two different things. Did you ever see him again? Uh, no. I hope it was not because of me. No, but, no, no. Uh, I'm just wondering if like, no, they you. No, never, never. In the year, the, the, the only people I've seen after that was people from uh, Silver Chair. I don't know if you remember Silver Chairs, you know. Uh, Dan was a singer. Um, and uh, some of the guys for um, uh, Oasis, you know, oh. Gallagher. Yeah, he loved Margaritas. No? Yeah, big fan of Margaritas. Yeah. Who doesn't? Mm -hmm. A good one. Yes. He, has, he had this on the rocks, yeah, if I remember correctly. <laughs> you served many a drink since then, sir, I'm sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> the fact that you can remember that is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, well, that was my early, my first year behind the bar and probably one of the best because he was just, you know, selling the people I used to see on TV. Yeah. So it was amazing. That is kind of crazy. Yeah. So from London, where uh -huh. did you go? Uh, from there, I... Uh, I it's always a bit of a, a woman's story and love, you know. You were talking about the well, you know, and uh, and I, I feel like a bit like a well uh, since you know, <laughs> I did fall in love, and then I ended up traveling miles. Um, I met a, a lovely girl from Australia uh, while in London, and uh, yeah, we fall in love, and you know, she uh, she fell pregnant, and uh, so we said, "Listen, we I don't want to raise a kid in in London." So he said we go back to France, or we go to we go home to Australia. And uh, she didn't speak French, so the choice was quickly made. So I pack my bag because that's only what I had at the time, and you know we flew to Australia. Yeah, it was crazy. I had not seen, never met, never met her parents. You know, like yeah, it was an interesting time. They're like, he's like, hello, and yeah. here's your pregnant yeah. daughter. Hey, I'm a bartender. <laughs> you know. I saw my belongings. Yeah. Yeah. I got another story about conversation with, yeah, with her dad in, in the swimming pool. It was interesting. You know, it's, it's like, so, what are you doing for a living? And then, you know, the flaring things? Yeah. That's exactly what he said, because for him, they were living in a place in Australia where, you know, cocktails mean nothing. Yeah. And the first thing she says, so, what are you 
you flaring or something like what, what do you do like, you know, for, <laughs> because for them bartending was something you do when you go to uni it's, um, a, it's yeah. a side job yeah. and yeah. I had this for you know the first three years I was working there you know people coming at the bar and you know you, you chat and you, you had a good you know good vibe with the, the customer and the, kind of the first question they ask you is like so what, do you, what else are you doing yeah. what are you doing on the side and I was like no man this, this is my job you know? yeah. yeah it took a while to uh, yeah so how long were you in Australia? Uh, almost, yeah, nine years, yeah. And you had all your children there, right? I uh, hope, yeah. both my children over there. We had a, we had another, uh, we had a boy afterward, uh, pretty much, you know, a year later. And uh, yeah, worked for about three years in, in Brisbane, which is a city in the, on the east coast of Australia, in Queensland. And then I moved to Sydney, because I, you know, the from actually struggling to, because, you know, from London to Australia, it was a massive gap. It was like, you know, they were, 10 years behind on, on everything you know it was yeah. really it was really hard actually because I couldn't you know I went from serving the stars and, and making cocktails like you know without even thinking about it to a place where like I say cocktail was uh, the job you do when you go to uni so it was no little bars you know doing this properly there is actually three at the time in Brisbane and most of them were they didn't need anyone and no one really wanted to give me a job either because I was new in town and yeah. didn't really know uh, so I really struggled I had um, I worked in in and pubs and uh, really hating everything and I was about to quit and then uh, one day I just going to a bar actually to drink one of the good one I actually met one of the manager was opening a new place and he said hey come and see me and you know we need people like you and uh, yeah I worked with them and I ended up running their bar uh, I used to call Bibloss and then I started to do also cocktail competition because I was like what do I need to do for people to understand that you know I can, yeah. I'm good at what I do and people was like you know here people care about competition if you win couple then you sort it and that's kind of what I did and you know I won a couple and I won an award for um, best bar manager of the year cool. uh, yeah a couple of uh, I think it was a third year I was, third year I was there yeah so I started to get recognition and then someone offered me a job in Sydney is that why the competitions really started to help to find yeah. to, find, to aggregate oh. talent like yours but then to promote the products what where Products, I think. Yeah. Those products yeah. and money, because at the time there was a lot of there was money in it. Like you, they, they regulated that a lot. But yeah. when the competition first started, it was cash prize. Oh. So if you made the best drink, you left with fifteen hundred dollars. Well, if you work in a bar, ten some are ten thousand, some were. I mean, major competitions like global competitions are ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars for yeah. with the, for the. Um, Participants, it makes sense, but what was it from the industry standpoint? What was was it just to push product and yeah. get people to understand how to use it? I'm just, it's yeah. just and a yeah, little I mean, more in Australia you know, from what yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering it's, what a, it's pushing pushing bartenders to to use your products and also promote your products because when you do that, then you create an event. You know, people talk about it, so you promote your products. Bartenders start to use it. And then you'll you'll get you know repercussion down the track. But yeah, for bartenders, it's an opportunity to put the name out there, uh, improve their the skills because you yeah. know you taste yourself on, on stuff you usually wouldn't do at work. You know sometimes uh, uh, it's connection. I mean you know um, you meet a lot of people doing that sure. from different bars, so it's good for uh, for that aspect. And uh, and the prices, yeah. I mean um, for me when I started, some of them it was like you you win a bottle of products. You know that's <laughs> kind of how I started. A little competition was like hey. Congratulations, here you got a ball. And at the time you were happy. Yeah. And now, like, see, you look at, and for us in Australia, that's kind of how you started. And now, yes, you get cash price, uh, you know, tour. Crazy around the world. I mean, it's crazy. Like, if you, you know, it's the six, what I, I always make me laugh now. I think back in the days when people telling me, so what are you doing on the side? 
and you know I was struggling to say I'm a yes, yeah. Well, yeah, it was your real job but when you think about it now it's like it can be a pretty good job you know if you're if you're a good bartender yeah. man you get taken around the world uh, you do trips that money can buy mm -hmm. because you know you could go to France or you could go to you know um, any you know Scotland or whatever or South America to check out you know the country but when you go there to check out the distillery which yeah. is usually what you do but then the locals really take you around and you see the the country like yeah, you'll you'll never be able to see it with, yeah. with money you know because people generally take you around and they're from here and you experience yeah. what's local and trust me you can you can see the world yeah really, it's crazy it's you awesome. can see the world oh yeah oh yeah she can i know she, i can tell you that <laughs> we met in bermuda so yeah yeah, so, yeah. that's how we became i felt fast fast friends yeah. started with a whole bunch of text messages and yeah. i was like i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we met in bermuda for the first time yeah we did uh, i organized a trip over there to launch one of our new products uh to go into bermuda triangle uh, a protocol Orbium, Hendrix Orbium that we have here. Well, actually. why don't we start tasting? Yeah. Well, wait, well, I want to know how you got your job. Let, well, let's oh, taste. Oh, okay, okay. Let's we'll taste, taste and do it. All right, all right, all right. Tell yeah. us the rest. All right, I'll I'll do the Orbium. I'll do the Orbium. So we're gonna. So can we start with the Orbium? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. What do you want to do midsummer? No, no. Orbium is fine because it was actually the first product uh, which follow Hendrix Gin. Uh, which do you want some or not? Was yeah, I'll have okay. a little bit. Yeah, okay. which was a hero, okay. hero gin for. Uh, 20 years now so we finally were able to release you know something different I mean at the beginning we really we didn't want to I think we, we were really content with what we have um, but now yes it was uh, it was a time where you know bartenders were always curious and, and looking for other other things to play with and for us at Hendrix we always you know love to work with bartenders it's how we build the brand you know we didn't mm -hmm. go through a big campaign we really just launch a product, tell the bartenders what do you think, you know, do you like it? And it was really different at the time because I remember me discovering this product as a bartender, the, you know, you go botanicals in jeans, you know, Juniper, that was a classic thing. London dry gin was, you know, the, the main category and what people were drinking. Yeah. And then suddenly this crazy Scottish, Scottish brand came up with a distilled gin with cucumber and roses senses and a cucumber garnish instead of a lime and a lemon. and. I think people really love the idea. They thought it was crazy at the beginning, but then it just picked up and 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 just it's a success story from from now. And this is a new expression, so um, people love Tony Quarter. I mean, gin and tonic, obviously, and martinis. You know, mm -hmm. with the gin, that's kind of the two drinks you think about. Uh, so we say, all right, let's let's have a play around this. We we did. Uh, some quinine uh, syrup back in the days. So our master distiller Leslie Gracie uh, already had, you know, ingredients to um, to be able to um, to produce herself um, some some quinine. And so we had quinine, we uh, which is what you use in tonic water, and we added wormwood. Wormwood is an ingredient that you find in the vermouth, you know, to make a gin, uh, to make a martini. Sorry, martini cocktail. So we had wormwood in there uh, to celebrate the martini. And uh, Leslie Gracie loved flowers, so she added a, a blue lotus extract, which actually brings some. If you can't smell it here, I'll get some like kind of like passion fruit, pineapple kind of like smell. Mm -hmm. And she told me that's from the the blue lotus flower. Yeah, it brings this exotic. It's oh, really good with champagne. Oh, I know. Yes. I know yes. it sounds ridiculous. Rocks no. and champagne. Just no. Rocks and champagne. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's got, you know, it's got a super long finish, you know, it's, 
you know the 11 botanicals it's the same same uh, recipe than Henrik's gin mm -hmm. so you know you still got this you know um, lemon peels and a little bit piney aroma from the juniper obviously and, and some spice but the finish is uh, I found it a little bit um, you know Leslie Gracie she, she actually see uh, flavors as shape so that's oh. how she explained it and that's where the name Obium comes from because Obium means orb yeah. and she's like when she create you know a gin she look at she doesn't want anything which is you know too spicy or too sweet or too uh, you know never have too much spike in the flavor profile she wants something round and so oh, she created Obium as a as a round shape so you get when you when you drink it you get mm -hmm. the the piney and the spice you know on your, on your tongue but then also you can taste the the you can smell and, and have the florals that I mean with the, the citrus Absolutely. as well too but the finish here is also a little bit uh, more bitter than the Hendrix itself mm -hmm. uh, because of the quinine so it just kind of kept on going as well I really like that what do you think that's really beautiful when you it, it's so when you approach this product, you know, to mix a cocktail with it, like you said, you're, why, why champagne? Well, first, you have to Other go on a, a track. wonderful thing. And you have to forge for all your ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to rowboat across waters where you've never done before in a kayak. <laughs> and then you do that. And then you get on a pontoon. And then they speed you back someplace else, and then they say make the drink. This is a very odd answer to a question. Yeah, and that's how you understand how to make something with it's Orbean. It's about the journey. Yeah. Um, honestly, Orbean's really great. We use it, um, we use it uh, quite a bit now. We've, um, we'll get to the next thing, but at um, my bar. I found that it's so simply lovely with just like soda water, but it's yeah. wonderful with a really dry brute. And then I just put a little bit of lemon oil on the top. Oh, interesting. I mean, not lemon oil, uh, lime oil, like a little doot doot, and that's it. And like, we just, but I just sell them. It's a great, like, brunchy Sounds like it. Yeah, cocktail absolutely. after yeah. a long night. It makes a beautiful martini. It's really it lovely. Does. Yeah. Um, it's for like at home, like, you have a lot of at-home bartenders listening to this, and as well as um, you know, enthusiasts. I think it's one of those things that you put in your in your repertoire, and you say, you know, this is for your friends that come over and drink gin and tonics, and you give them something different. Yeah, and if you like gin and tonics, actually, what I find works really well is, and you don't want to have the you know tonic water, the the sugar content, mm -hmm. yep. but you still like the taste of the the gin and tonic. Try Orbium with soda water. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and because you know it's got quinine in Orbium and you have this bitterness to, to the gin, mm -hmm. then that you know if you mix it with soda water, you almost feel like you're having actually a gin and tonic. Oh, that's Which I really yeah, like myself sense. because you know when I you know, travel and you tend to, to, to you know to drink quite often and you want to you know swap a little bit and get off the sugar. Uh, yeah. I'll have a Orbium and soda and that's lovely. You're right yeah. up my alley because I'm always a gin soda. Yeah. yeah. And tonic, tonic for me, the sugars is what get me. Into yeah, 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 yeah. Me, so. Yeah, it's starting to uh, to add up a little bit. So I found it this yeah really that's delightful way to, to enjoy it. So I found another reason why to buy another Hendrix product. <laughs> All right, Tom. So can we backtrack in the story yeah. and how sure. do you accept that if you like? Okay. But how do how did you go to how do you make the leap from uh, bartending into ambassadors? Um, I um you know I always looked at ambassadors. You know that's a job I literally discovered in Australia because in London I say too busy you know great life and I never realized that job even existed. Yeah. Uh, but when I get to Australia and I started to do the the competition things, and I go. 
access to, I mean, actually, people came to visit you and say, hey, I'm an ambassador of that brand and, and I wanted to do a, I want to do a, a, a training with you guys, you know, talk about my product. And I was like, an ambassador? What is this? You know? And, uh, and you know, I tried to discover that, yeah, those guys actually get paid to, to travel and go to venues and, and promote their product. They're not, we're no salesperson. Uh, we actually promote the products. So, yeah. you know, it's more like a marketing kind of job, you know. Yeah. Uh, but this, these people have a bath in the background. And I was like, man, that sounds like a sweet gig, you know. It's not that many. <laughs> you find out there's not that many of them out there. Yeah. It's a bit of a special, you know, breed of, of people. And uh, anyway, I went doing the competition. And after, you know, many years being the bar, I was uh, up to my, I don't know, I mean, it was starting to add up. I think the kids were the, the big reason why I was like, I need to get out of there because working nights and weekend, uh, I had you know my two kids and uh, my wife was saying, you, you never get to see them, you know, like yeah. you gotta turn around one day and it'll you know, be too late. So you know, you really make me think. And uh, ambassador was kind of my getaway. I think I was like, I don't want, I don't want to leave the industry. Yeah, I need to just to change my hours. So um, and and going through that process, you know, life is, I think. Uh, it's about opportunities and uh, you have to have a bit of luck but you have to catch that luck as well too and, and learn how to when you see a moment and something happen and jump on the opportunity you know and uh, it was just going through the news of the industry you know as I you know um, I was taking the habit of doing so I found this uh, job going on with William Grant and Son mm-hmm. uh, William, William Grant and Son so the people who make Hendrix and it's a whiskey uh, company, but uh, uh, originally, you know, there's a family who started with uh, making product like Glenfiddich single malt. Yeah. That's how they started more than uh, 125 years ago. Wow. And anyway, they were uh, offering this job as a whiskey specialist. So it was about looking after the whiskey portfolio and uh, in a couple of states in Australia. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, this is probably my foot in the door. I'm going to try that. It was a contractor job. Uh, so you were not working directly with the company, but you were working for them, you know, yeah. promoting their products. So I did this for a year. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. It really teach me the job of like doing the trainings, and I was doing a little bit of sales or two, which I didn't really enjoy that part. But it was a learning curve, and uh, and again, same about opportunity. A year later, I found out that the they had an amazing Enrix ambassador at the time in the, in the company uh, in Australia. They they only have one ambassador actually. So I'll tell you how rare those jobs were because yeah. back in the days when I was in Australia, it was a handful of them for the whole country working on different brands. And William Grant & Sound only had one. Wow. Uh, you know, now I think in Australia, which is still, you know, not as big market as the US, but they have about, you know, maybe five or six now. Um, but you know, it, it, it went a lot more popular now as a, as a job. At the time it was really hard to get. And it's so the guy decided to leave. Uh, and I just put my hands up. I was like, hey, I'm doing this whiskey things with you guys. If you're happy, I'd, li- I'd love to do Hendrix because I love the brand. I got my, you know, um, mixology background, and uh, yeah, they gave me they gave me a chance, and that's how I started. I started to do uh, represent Hendrix in Australia. It was Australia, New Zealand, and the Pacific Islands. So it was a really wow. nice territory to go to. I bet. I launched Hendrix in Fiji, you know. That was uh, tough, wasn't yes, it? It was, was so tough. hard. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but you uh, struggled through. The heat. The heat was the worst, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? And Hendrix yeah. says everything so little, so it's probably some boardroom, right? Oh, God, God, God. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's funny, you know, when you... Yeah, I get to do things like that, and yeah, it's just it, it, and it really quick, you know. So I was there doing it, and I was like, oh my god, that's it. I'm, 
I'm an ambassador, you know, I, I did it and it just it did change my life because he's he allowed me to spend more time with my family and still getting in touch with the industry. Um, it was a learning curve because you, your job is then completely you pass yeah. you pass on the other side, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you still need to to be credible, so you still need to you know to work hard and, and do some shift behind the bars and, and stay in touch with what's going on. And uh, that's what took me where I am now because um, I put my hands up another time for another job in the I US. I see a theme here. Yeah, yeah. I think we should all take take. It's yes. a great lesson to share and to learn yeah. is that you know you're not going to get what you want if you don't ask for it. Yeah. And fear totally. is what keeps you from yeah, doing it. Absolutely. The and fear of being rejected. The fear of failure. Yeah. And it's nothing wrong with failure. You know, it's no. part of the. You know, I didn't get everything I wanted. Uh, but you know, because you put your hand up, and if you put some hard work into into everything you do, you get recognized for it. You know, sometimes you think people don't notice, but you realize that they actually do. Because once you raise your hands up, uh, you know, I got another, another example. When I raised my hands up, it was when I, uh, you know, raised my hands up to work in the U.S., which was for me out of reach. I didn't never think I'll get that, and I had this. Uh, um, uh, an interview with someone from uh, you know Chicago. She run an amazing program called Causing a Stir, and it's about showing people that actually there is opportunities out there. And uh, because you know she's trying to to teach people from her uh, area in, in Chicago that there is stuff to do in the industry. Yeah. Like we talked about it before. When you're a bartender, and you can travel the world. I may you'll never think it's possible. And for me, I never thought it was possible. So she's trying to show people that. That's awesome. And that, that's what I'm saying. I see if you career building. Yeah, and it works for in your life in general. I mean, if you want to do things differently, you have to challenge yourself and put your hands up. Like when when I, the the gig in New York was after three years. I was in Australia. I was uh, up and and available, and I put my hands up, and I was like. Let's roll the dice, you know. If it happens, we move to New York. If not, then that's it. We'll, yeah. we'll stay here. But I wanted to do it now because my kids were getting a little bit older. And I got the job. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> my wife was like, what? I was like, yeah, we have to move to New York City. You know, I was like, what am I doing? Uh, he was, that's you know, amazing. That's well, let's crazy. cheers that with this next tasting. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that's cheers. amazing. Cheers to that. Get a little choked up about that? Ah, yes. Um, and to cheers your wife for going, you know, yep, we're going to pack the kids and we're going to move all the way on the other side yeah. of the planet. Go from the largest, the giant island to the giant city. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's the most important island is Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> we went from one island to another. Yeah. Just says a New Yorker. <laughs> but, you know, I remember that day when we landed and, you know, get off the air the, the the plane with all I saw I think we had like eight or ten bags and our two kids were like uh, at, at the time I mean it's four years ago they probably like they were seven and eight wow. years old. We came to New York City, we did nothing about the city. We didn't even have a house when we arrived there. We had nothing. We were technically homeless. Yeah, we stayed in Airbnb <laughs> for I think maybe a month or something like that to, to try to find a place. And that's yeah. kinda of how we started. My wife knew no I mean we knew nobody uh, we came in this giant city, which you know when you get there the first time, it's impressive. Yeah. yeah, my wife was not having a good time at the beginning. You know, and you think, I mean, it's like not like you guys. I mean, you lived in London and Sydney. You lived yeah. in a, yeah. New York is another. It's beast. another beast. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely because she she knew big cities because she lived in London too. Yeah. But like I say, when you get to New York, it's like wow, it's. You know, get pushed around, and yeah. you know, it's hustle, hustle. It's just, it's crazy. It's fast. Yeah. And we were in Sydney. We were well. We, we lived well. My wife had a great job. We were renting a really nice place, 
and we're ending up, you know, looking at the local market in New York to find a place, and even that, that's really dunking, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man, it's, it was, uh, yeah. No, you did buy a full 900 square feet. <laughs> yeah. 900. Yeah. 700. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's the best experience I ever done, though. one of the yeah. best experiences, because, you know, you really, again, challenge yourself, and you grow you grow better out of it. Uh, yeah. It was really hard, but now when I look back, I'm, if, I'll do it again, like, you know, and uh, I think everyone grow better out of it, including my kids. They, you open them to the world, and now they they jump in the plane like they jump in the bus. You know? yeah. Yeah, they have no idea. It's just, you know, me, I jumped in my plane the, fir- the in the plane the first time. I think I was 20 years old. That's the yeah. first time I took a plane wow. to go to uh, Amsterdam at the time. Oh, I was 18, I think. So, uh, 18. Uh, that was the first time. Yeah. Because in France you just drive around, you know, or yeah. you take the train. It's easy, yeah. So, but my kids, yeah, they, they have no idea. They, took, they got more stamps in their passport than me when I was 20. <laughs> they're, like, they're like 11, yeah. It's crazy, yeah. So hey, let's guys. talk about what we're tasting. Yeah, so this one, this one is Midsummer Solstice. Um, that's a new addition to the family. Uh, what, what happened is last year we, um, we were able to build a new distillery because, you know, the brand got bigger. Uh, you know, we were really enjoying success, but you know, we, we started with two sales, uh, second-hand sales at the um, Charles Gordon, who were leading the company at the time. He was one of, a member of the family. Uh, Boa auction in uh, in the 90s, 90s, 50s, um, and those two sales were used to were no use for for many years. And then he asked Leslie Gracie, who was working on the innovation program at the time, who is now a master distiller, to create a gin, and that's how she came up with Hendrix, you know, cucumber and roses. But she made everything out of two stills. We were sitting in a, in a bunker, in the middle of the massive distillery, which is Gervin, when they do the where they do the grant, you know, the, the grant whiskey on the blend, and they're like, yeah, no, I got those two stills I bought like 50 years ago. I want you to use them now because you know I want I want a gin. I want uh, I want I want something special and. I want something with cucumber and roses because I think it's uh, it's quite English and uh, and I think you know it's something we should explore. And uh, she tried to distill with cucumber and roses and it didn't work at all because I don't know if you tried to ever try to cook cucumber. Yeah. It's not. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work. <laughs> Doesn't like the heat. Push. <laughs> yeah. So you know she had to find. That's why we use essences at the end of the the process because that's the only way you can extract these beautiful flavors. But anyway, um, and then you know the brand got bigger, so we couldn't expand from the bunker because it used to be a munition broker during the wall. Yeah, so it's really hard to extend yeah. kind of, and break the walls yeah, and make the it bigger. Point is, the walls yeah, break. that's it. That's it. <laughs> so we was like, right, let's do it. I think it's time. And they um, they say, look, those two warehouses, get rid of it. We're gonna put them somewhere else. Let's build a distillery which is next to Gervin because we already have, you know, a lot of the the the, uh, the production there. Uh, let's create a, a brand new gin palace, and they created something which is for me more than a distillery. It's a, it's an event space. It's it's a place of discovery. It's beautiful. We had now uh, six. So we went from two stills to now six stills. So wow. we produce exactly the same two, uh, and we you know we extended everything. And now we we're able to actually work on innovations. Leslie love you know because she was from an innovation program originally. So she loved creating new products. And Miss Summer was a celebration of uh, of uh, this beautiful and intriguing you know. Midsummer Solstice. Yeah, uh, it's beautiful. Era, but it was also actually originally made for a wedding. So the little oh. story behind it is uh, Leslie Gracie actually created Midsummer as a, as a gift. No, it was not a request or anything. It was just as a gift for one of the global ambassadors we had at the time who was getting married. She found out it was the, the bouquet, the flower bouquet of the, the bride. 
and she actually created in a sense a flawless oh, that's crazy added it to Hendrix and gift him like here you go I made six bottles of this unique Hendrix for your wedding you Amazing. know like uh, congratulations how like, cool oh, of a wow. gift would that be I know it was so cool and then and I remember at the time I was already working on the brand and I heard that story and I was like man that's cool <laughs> well I'm already married but I'll take a little question <laughs> anyway I, don't, I think I'm not the only one who heard that story obviously a member of the family did too and uh, they, they, they asked Leslie Gracie to try it and they, they really love it and they say you know once we have a plan to extend it this story because at the time we didn't have it once it's done we'd love you to to recreate that and we'd wow. love to share it with the world so that's where me summer sources come from it's beautiful what, what do you do with this Gina when you I mean it, other than drink it it's delicious um, well we're going to actually use it so awesome. we can all find out make a little cocktail we make a little cocktail nice. yes um, we're going to actually uh, step out to the okay. outside is that okay? Okay. step out to the veranda so yeah. let me tell you where we are while you do that I'll tell yes. everyone where yes. we are we are at Brennan's again Ralph Brennan has been so nice to us and is very supportive of the show can't thank him enough and yet we're again housed in this beautiful the chess room it's the Morphe room in the second floor of Brennan's and this is your first time here it's gorgeous yeah yeah, yeah it's in Bloomberg. I'm going to step out to the Lanai yeah. to your cocktail <laughs> I like looking at the veranda since we're in, in New Orleans oh, I know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. nice. No, it's a beautiful space. Yeah, it's my first time, uh, and I, I love it. This is why I, I love about New Orleans. It's, it's always, you know, I've been here for I think six, my six, five or six years now in a row, and I've been here, you know, a few times in between, um, and I always discover new places. Yeah. I like it, and it's always full of heritage. You know, it's uh, that place is gorgeous. Yeah. It's, apparently, he was a Morphe owned the house. He lived here, and he was a master chess player. And he uh, wow. would never compete, so he couldn't be the official official oh, like really? chess because he wouldn't compete apparently. But apparently, he was uh, quite the chess player. Yeah, chess player. Yeah, a lot of history here. A lot of history. Um, it's actually worth a visit. I love love coming to New Orleans. So this this gin, yep. I know Gina's making something up for us. What do you often talk to people like for like an at home bartender if they're looking at this product and they're on standing uh, there and looking at all the gyms? Yeah, no, of course. Uh, how to choose it, you mean? Or? Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. when would you choose this? When would you say? Yeah. Oh, this this one in particular, the midsummer solstice. Is, yes. I mean, we we release this uh, this year during spring because you know it's it's quite floral. It is. Uh, but with that being overwhelming again, like Leslie, look at flavor as a shape. So she didn't want something which is just for all. Yeah, since you said that, it, 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 yeah. that's what it feels like in my mouth. It's yeah. a bouquet of flowers. Yeah. But it's not, um, it's not a harsh floral. It's not one or another. I wouldn't no, tell you, hey, it's like lavender or jasmine. Yeah. It's not. And it's funny because every time we ask her, so what, what flowers do you use? Because she used different process to create this essence, you know, natural extraction, you know, uh, you know different kind of uh, uh, distillations. Um, and maceration and all that stuff and Magic. she said yeah like all these tricks you go in the laboratory and she said no I won't tell you uh, and the reason is because I don't want you to focus on one flower in particular it's yeah. a it's a it's a blend of several different flowers and then definitely a bouquet you make a unique flavor you know? yeah that's the thing so I'll have this as a spritz you know oh, yeah. it's really good like a, a spritz you know with a nice um, nice white wine you know or sparkling wine if you want you know it's, it's a different way to do it uh, some soda water. I do mine with uh, a grapefruit liquor. Oh. So I use a grapefruit liquor um, and some midsummer solstice and top that up with actually a rose sparkling. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. That's a bit of a twist. Ooh, that and, sounds uh, great. 
It's delicious. Yeah, very nice. And that you can do that at home because you can build it. You don't even have a. You don't even need a shaker. You can just build this in your glass over ice. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it was. It's, it's that fantastic. sounds really good, though. Yeah, it's a nice little uh, aperitif, <laughs> as we call it. <laughs> so open your stomach and start the party. So you guys aren't still in New York, though. No, no, we not. Um, right. You know, we did three years in New York, which was an amazing experience, and. Uh, we just realized that it was getting a little bit too busy for us we, with the kids and, and my travel schedule anyway. Uh, you know, as some people, you know, probably some of you guys probably live in New York in the past, or live in New York yeah. now, you know that the rent is uh, it's no joke. So, no. Uh, yeah. And uh, because I travel so much, I was like, I'm, I'm paying something for, and I'm not even here half the year. Yeah. Because as a national ambassador, we always travel around so much. So I was like, let's go somewhere where it's more in the middle already. <clears throat> so the company, Agree. Uh, as a national ambassador, you you kind of granted a pass to to live wherever you like, yeah. as long as you're next to a major airport. major international yeah. airport. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of did my research, and I've been to a few places already. Obviously, after three years in the U.S., and I really love Colorado, and I was like, geographically, it make more sense because you know, kind of in the middle. Yeah. Um, and the airport is great over there. They got one of the best airport. Oh yes. Ooh, look at yes. this. Thank you. Thank oh, you. God, that's gorgeous. It is beautiful. Wait for it to come back. It's lovely. So, it's a little hot. What's that? Uh, it's a little hot outside. Um, <laughs> so, this is, uh, so in here is um, plot. Um, so, they're apricot plums, plots, I guess that's what I'm going to say it. And plum clots, whatever you want to call them, plots, plum pots, whatever. So, we cut them up really small, we put them in the bottom in here, and then a little bit of pineapple. And then I just let it sit together, and then it's an um, ounce and a half of the midsummer, and then just a little bit of um, grapefruit tonic. Wow. It's, it's grapefruit tonic. See grapefruit, grapefruit tonic. Yeah. yeah. See the grapefruit. Yeah. The ice yeah. is. Um, yeah. Sorry, it's uh, it's hot. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Looks gorgeous. Very nice. Look at that. Beautiful. Oh, that's really good. Oh yes. We're using the paper okay. straw. I feel like you don't need a straw, but that's up to you. Yeah. You just um, wanted to have the cute little flamingo straw. Yes. <laughs> so my, so I like decorating the outside of the glasses now. So yeah, much of the inside it. of the glasses. We got a little bling on our, yeah. our glass. So cute. It's just pretty. It's easy. It's something you put together. Yeah. You can make this in a picture. You have friends over your house. Yeah. Um, I would suggest not leaving the ice on the patio. Yeah. <laughs> you need more ice. You don't need a shaker crack. again, you know. So you can make cocktail without a shaker. Sometimes you can be, you know, uh, an experience to use a shaker. You know, some people feel like, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, you don't have to. You can make cocktails without it. It's almost um, it's a little sangria. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's, I think it's beautiful. Nice. It's good. It's pretty too. One Very idea. Pretty. One idea for summer. Summer cocktail party. Yeah, it's like the summer in a glass. Yeah, easy. With a little uh, flamingo on top. Yeah, so you <laughs> just find any fruit, cut up in the bottom, basically yeah. treat it like a sangria. So you're gonna look use at, gin. Look at this garnish. Garnish is key too. You know, when you make drinks at home, uh, yeah. you know, a nice little garnish go go a long way. You know, make it look pretty. Yeah, maybe like a nice little spoon in there or something. Yeah, yeah I want to eat those fruits. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna get you a spoon. That can well, be we can though. find one here. Well, I mean, if you let it steep in there, that'd be actually pretty uh, good. Yeah, I'll take that recipe all the way to Colorado. Yeah. Can you take it down? There you yeah, go. Yeah, just see it. Uh, you don't love the tufted uh, old leather? It's my favorite. How's this chair? Yeah. Um, 
What do you think? Uh, I'm going to have to do a housekeeping. So okay. if you want this recipe, yeah. um, obviously, where are we going to send it, Gina? To designateddrinker.show. Wait, what did you say? Designateddrinker.show. Yep, that's it. And all the, her tips and how-tos will be there for you. And then we'll definitely have links out to where they can learn more about the new products that Hendrix has. Beautiful. Yeah, you can find a lot of information on the website, you know, yep. hendrixgin.com. Uh, there is recipes as well, too, over there if you want some inspiration for your next cocktail party or just, uh, you know, uh, drink at home with with some friends. We had some easy recipe, some stuff more more complex, you know. So yeah, jump in and, and find out what's going on. You can also follow me on Instagram if you want to see what's uh, what's yeah. up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for Australian, that's my uh, <laughs> my little name on uh, on uh, on social media because you know people used to joke that my accent is a mix of French and Australian because yeah. I spent so many years in Australia. So for Australian, so F R. That's funny. You know, and Australian afterward, yeah. He makes you want to jump on a plane and leave and go someplace amazing. That's <laughs> for sure. I think that's you because you have those stories. I'll go absolutely, but you definitely you're going back and it's a little nostalgic. I mean, I definitely want to go to the Gin Palace. So I'll make that on my, my yeah. goals for this year. It's gorgeous. I've seen. I've I've been. I've been to. I've been lucky enough to go to um, William Grant and Balvenie and Glenfiddich and see everything and I saw the little bunker when it was just a little place yeah. with the orris root and you can smell everything and they were in bins and yeah but I was, I'm very fortunate yeah so now we gotta get you to the <clears throat> palace then yeah yeah um, we have one more question you do yes so you know everybody kind of like in this day and age identifies himself with a spirit animal oh wow you know like you know you might be like I really identify with the rainbow trout <laughs> So what I want to know is, uh, if you got a spirit ingredient, what would it be? A spirit ingredient? Yes. Yeah, so you can identify yourself as an ingredient. What ingredient would you be? Would oh, you be okay, like okay, a okay. pepper or right. gin or orris root? I don't know. Oh, you know what? I think uh, I think I would be a cucumber. Is <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> you know? I like the cucumber, you know, it's cool. Uh, you know, it gave a little extra flavor in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, even actually in a cocktails or, you know, a gin and tonic or but even in a cocktail, I see a lot of people now using uh, cucumber garnish or, you know, you can even model cucumber if you play with, you know, uh, uh, spirit, spirit. yeah, it just bring a subtle flavor. It's not something overpowering and, you know, it doesn't go with everything either. It's kind of like... <laughs> Perfect. It's just, you know, something you use sometimes. But when you use it, it's like, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so many things have I want to say right now. <laughs> I just, I love it. It's a great answer. Another show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Pleasure. Can we sit back? Took back the rest of these drinks and uh, yeah, I believe there's a teeny tiny martinis downstairs, so we'll do that. Yeah, that's tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I All mean, right. actually, it's about four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Thank, thank you. Cheers. Thank you very much.